0: What's going on? What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the 310 Podcast. I'm your man, K-Mark, coming at you like I always love to do. Just want to drop you some of that NBA knowledge on what's going on in this year's playoffs. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, during this episode, hey, look, we're going to get into uh, what's taking place during, during the, the conference semifinals and actually what's actually taking place right now as um, Game 7 of the Sixers and Hawks Series is currently on as we speak. And so we'll definitely be diving into that. We'll definitely be talking about um, the Western Conference Finals, what took place this afternoon, as well as uh, the potential e- um, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, we'll, we'll definitely also be talking about some awards, uh, who took home some precious hardware this season, Who sh- and who should have possibly took home the, the hardware. So, hey, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can hit me up at the310podcast at gmail.com. So with that being said, hey, sit back. Take a rest and hey, let's get into it. All right, let's get into it. So yes, these plans have been very interesting. I know a lot of people were complaining saying that um since there's no Lakers um, advancing that the that the NBA ratings will uh, take a dive. Where, well, I actually I actually see differently. I mean, we're definitely seeing a lot of the young stars that are at, that are showcasing their talents, which is great for the NBA for the NBA's future. Um, you you have like the the dinosaurs of the NBA. I mean, everybody's looking at Katie, the Steph Curry's, the Lebrons. Um, but, no, I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of young talent that's, uh, that's definitely showcasing. I mean, you got uh, Luka, uh, Luka Doncic. You got um, – you have – man, there, there's been so many. And you have Trey Young out there. You have um, Devin Booker putting on a show. I mean, you have so much talent that's out there. And, honestly, I mean, honestly, hey, you know what? I think these young guys, hey, they're ready to, to take over for whatever the um, um, the old guards are ready to hand it over. So, yeah. So with that being said, hey, look, let's jump into the the semifinals and I'm going to start out, out west, the wild, wild west, uh, starting with the Utah Jazz and the L.A. Clippers. Um, this series, I mean, um, this series was basically looked at as possibly like a home course there. Honestly, I thought maybe um, I thought maybe this would be one of those things where the Clippers would be able to steal one of those first two games in Utah. Maybe Utah ties it up. The Clippers uh, hold serve at home and, and, and ended up winning in six. However, somewhat similar. However, Utah got off to a 2-0 lead in um in the series. Um they won the first two. Um the Clippers came back with, with the strength of their home court, the home court advantage and pulled even. However, Clippersdale definitely dealt a a, a a traumatic blow with the injury to uh Kawhi Leonard during game four, where he injured his knee. Um, It was after the game Kawhi appeared to to say that, Hey, look, I'm good. I'll be ready to go. However, the next day, um, the the reports came out where saying that Kawhi is going to be definitely missing some time and could be for the rest of the, uh, the rest of the series, if not the season. And so it was looking pretty bleak for those LA Clippers going into Salt Lake city uh, for game five. However, to my surprise and to surprise of almost everybody, the Clippers, they did their thing in one game five in Salt Lake City. They were dominant. Paul George was was the key right there. Um, he had to step up. And Paul, he took over like he did in those years of when he was with Indiana, in the years like they were going to the conference finals and facing against Braun in the Heat. He took over. He played very well. And like I said, this is just reminiscence of what he did before his his uh his leg injury back in I believe 2012 or 2013. I can't really remember the year. But yeah, but yeah, he he strapped the the team on his back. He won a critical game five, and they were able to pull that out. So going home game six, all the pressure you're thinking, all the pressures on the Clippers. The the Clippers may fold. And Utah, I mean true, yeah, they had Mike Conley who came back. Uh, During that series, but that he definitely wasn't what he typically is. He typically was, and you definitely saw that uh, during Game Five and Game Six. He just wasn't able to provide the energy and that that he's accustomed to getting, or the playmaking ability. So, and but with all that being said, the uh, the Jazz got off to a great start in the series uh, in Game Six. They were able to uh, get out to the big lead later by as much as 25 points. No, I'm sorry, 26 points. Excuse me. Can you believe it? However, the Clippers came roaring back. Like I said, off the strength of excellent three-point shooting, um, Paul George once again was the catalyst. Definitely helped bring them back. He definitely got. They definitely got some um, some big-time play from the reserves. Like I said, Reggie Jackson came in and balled out. Um just overall, just like just the Clippers as a team, they actually played team ball. And Terrence Mann was was arguably probably like the most critical player to come in. Um, As he had um thirty-nine points, thirty-nine big points. Like I said, I mean Reggie Jackson had twenty-seven, Nicholas Batoon sixteen. Patrick Beverly, who they 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 finally dust off after he was getting abused, abused by Luca during the first round, he came in and chipped in with twelve. It was an overall great performance by the Clippers, and believe it or not, the Clippers had moved on to the Western Conference Finals. Yes, yes, I, I said it after that debacle during Denver, uh, with Denver during last year's playoffs and without Kawhi. They took down the number one seed in the NBA in Utah in advance of the Western Conference Finals. I still can't believe it. So there um so with the Clippers, so with the Clippers moving on, who would they face? And it was the Suns. Um, they faced off against the Nuggets in the in the sem- in the semifinals. And honestly, this was a four game sweep. And honestly, I, I was very, I was very shocked. I thought this series would at least go six, maybe seven, because the fact that Denver has so much firepower. True, they didn't have Jamal Murray, but they still have, they still have some, they still have a lethal, um, a lethal um, arsenal of weapons um, on at their disposal. And I was just surprised on how Phoenix just took them apart. I mean, look, me, you got a, a team with Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, Michael Porton, Michael Porter Jr. Um, it's it's just so, like, they just had so much. You would expect for them to at least get may, at least maybe two games over Phoenix. However, the Suns, they were like, the, the Suns were not having that. The Suns bought out. I mean, they they pretty much took what they did against the Lakers in round one and applied it to the Suns with lethal shooting and getting out on the break. Devin Booker was fantastic. Chris Paul in Game Four, he, this was a virtuoso performance. I mean, this was like the Chris Paul back when his Clipper day, his early Clipper days, or maybe his uh, his uh, Pelican days, where he just seamlessly took over in Game Four. He dominated. Um, he dominated that game, and he was he was not going to be denied. Um, he had uh, thirty-seven points. Devin Booker chipped in with thirty four. The only, the one issue that I definitely had an issue with was uh, Nikola Jokic getting ejected. Eh, I really don't think he should have been ejected because I mean it looked honestly looked like a flop. To be honest with you, uh, when I think he hit Cameron Payne, it looked like a clear flop. But I mean the league is anti-sensitive. Um, like I said, I really don't think that it was warranting ejection. But hey, that's the rules. So. Phoenix uh, they end up winning game uh game four, one twenty-five, one eighteen in Denver to sweep the series and move on to face the LA Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. And so what we'll do is um we'll tack we'll tackle that in a little bit. But right now I'm gonna take a quick break and I'll be right back. Let's take a look at that those Eastern Conference matchups. Let's start off with the the consensus pick of a lot of experts, the Brooklyn Nets, going against the Milwaukee Bucks finish. Uh, featuring Giannis Anta de Cupo. You got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden on the other end. You got uh the Bucks with their all-star, uh, second all-star, Chris Middleton. Series pretty much started off kind of like I expected. I mean, you got the you got the Brooklyn that's pretty much taking uh taking care of home uh home court uh with two pretty much decisive victories in Brooklyn. And then especially game two where where they won by 39. My goodness. So, you're thinking, basically, all Brooklyn needed to do was just get one game in Milwaukee. And virtually the series is over. Nah-uh-uh. Nah-uh-uh. Brooklyn, uh, Milwaukee said nuts to that. Taking two in a row in Milwaukee. Game three was fairly close. Um, 86-83, a win by uh, the Bucks. Game four. Milwaukee won by 11, tied the series up. So you're thinking, okay, kind of what I expected with two Eastern Conference powerhouses. However, game five was a tale of <laughs> tale of two halves. And you have, and mind you, Kyrie Irving um, left game three with an ankle injury. James Harden was still hobbled um, by the hamstring injury, which he pulled during the opening minutes of game one. And pretty much Brooklyn I mean Milwaukee did what they're supposed to do on the road, got to a fantastic start, leading by 14 after at the end of one, leading by 16 at halftime. However, the walls came crashing in by the in the form of Kevin Durant. The man put on, on a virtual virtuoso performance. This is arguably, I believe, Kevin Durant's best playoff performances. Mind you, this kind of rivals to me where um, the matchup against LeBron in uh, um, in 2017, going into Cleveland, they're, they're, um, they're up three, um, three games to one. I'm sorry, two, uh, two games to none. KD puts on a show and hits the game winner over LeBron to give the Warriors a 3 nothing lead. The, the performance that he put on during game number five is eerily similar or, matter of fact, I would say, you know what, I would say it's better because because of the circumstances. Because, of course, there's no Kyrie James Harden playing on one leg and not really able to give you much. Kevin Durant literally strapped this team on his back for 49 points, 16 out of 23, six, uh, 13 out of 16 from the line. My goodness gracious, this man put on a show. Four of nine from three-point territory. 17 rebounds, 10 assists. And his team needed every one of those buckets to stave off Milwaukee. And they put him in in the driver's seat 3-2, heading to Milwaukee. However, game six, pretty much kind of what I expected. I mean, I expected Milwaukee to hold serve. Win, when, uh, win when an important game six with their season on the line, and force a game seven that they did. Um, they once again, Milwaukee jumped off to a uh, to a quick start. Um, Brooklyn had a chance to cut it to five late in the fourth quarter. However, they were they were unable to, and Milwaukee pretty much finished them off, winning by fifteen, forcing us sending us to a game seven. Shout out to Chris Middleton who had thirty eight points. He bought out. And I know that there are times where I know myself, I've definitely been definitely critical of Chris Middleton, especially come playoff time, because there are times where he just hasn't showed up. And he did that and more during this series. This is arguably probably the best series he's played in the NBA. And like I said, yeah, he bought out. He had 38. Giannis had 30. And this is what they needed in order to stave off elimination and to force a game seven. And they'll definitely they definitely needed that going into Saturday's Game Seven at the Barclays Center. Um, overall, it's a back and forth game. I mean, the biggest lead arguably was um, was five. It was a cl- it was close throughout. Both teams playing well. Giannis had forty. And true, yeah, I mean, he definitely um, he he struggled from the three. He was decent from the line, but. I mean, he dominated. He dominated under the boards, pulling down 13. And Milwaukee dominated the rebound. Well, the rebound was fairly close by both teams. That was one of the things I was definitely concerning with Brooklyn was the fact that I honestly thought that um, Milwaukee would beat them up under underneath. However, Milwaukee only won the board on uh, the rebounding game only by two. Um, like I said, close game throughout. Shout out once again to Kevin Durant, 48 big points. Nine rebounds, six assists, and hit a phenomenal, unexplainable turnaround jumper to send it to overtime. However, he was like, he was an inch away. He was an inch away. His toe was on the line from sending Milwaukee home and sending the Nets to the, to the Eastern Conference Finals. His foot was on the line, so it was a two. So, game went to overtime. However, I just think that, man, just with the heavy toll that was put on KD his first year back, Off really pretty much has haven't played since the twenty uh the twenty nineteen NBA finals. (sighs) The man played fifty-three minutes, did not sit down, not one bit during game seven. And he laid it all on he laid it all out there on the line. Had 48 big points, didn't sit down, however, hit a airballed a potential game-winning three turnaround three-pointer to possibly win the game. But it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, you're not gonna win every year. Milwaukee moves on. Brooklyn goes home. And like I said, it's another offseason where, hey, the Bucks, they I mean the Nets, um, I think, believe I believe with another year under their belt, I think they'll be fine. They just need to get some they just need to get possibly another shooter because I will say this, man, Joe Harris struggled. During the latter half of this year, he was three of ten in game seven, three of nine from deep for only for only ten points. And honestly, I mean, when you have a KD, a Kyrie, and a James Harden, and unfortunately, they weren't able to well, Harden and Kyrie, they weren't able to play up to their usual standards. You need others to somehow step up. And Joe Harris did not. So that's actually one of the things that the Nets may need to look into, but the thing is though it's hard when you're paying your top three players max salaries. And it's really gonna be hard to really field a team with 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 some solid veterans or some, some real legitimate snipers unless they're willing to take a min the, the minimum. But like I said, but hats off to the Nets, hats off to um KD and hats off to the Milwaukee Bucks for moving on. Now, real quick, I will say this: True, KD and them lost. KD had a phenomenal game in the losing efforts. However, these LeBron fans, y'all, y'all, some, y'all are a sensitive bunch. Let me tell you, because you guys are pretty much just acting like you guys just won um, the NBA title. Because I'm seeing a lot of notable LeBron fans. And Le- LeBron jockers out there, they're just over here, just congratulating and happy. I don't know why. I mean, what? I mean, is it the fact that KD stopped LeBron from winning two extra two extra titles? I mean, is it that? I mean, what is it? I don't know. Somebody tell me because honestly, I mean, for one, like I said, and I know I've seen a lot of people comparing this performance from KD. To the performance LeBron had against the Warriors in, I uh, believe, Game One of twenty eighteen, the twenty eighteen Finals, where LeBron had fifty one, but, but due to the JR goof up, they lost. Um, I will say this: I mean, I, I know for me, I, I will say the only reason why I think LeBron got slandered so much was the simple fact of the matter is that he had six one Steph Curry on him where the lane was practically was practically wide open. LeBron has been crazy hot from 3. It was an obvious mismatch. Take him to the rack. You have the time, you have the, the clock running down. Take him over. However, after JR's bo- um, boggle um bubble, you could see LeBron just in a sense quit. He stopped playing. I think he had like one extra like one basket in overtime and that was it. But, I mean, like I said, I mean, and you have KD. True, yeah, I mean, he, he literally put the team on his back. Sent the game into overtime. And as the physical fact of the matter, he did not sit down not one bit and carried that squad. Like I said, the man's coming off an Achilles injury. Like I said, hadn't played a full season since well, – before this season, hadn't played a game since the 2019 NBA Finals. Man, if y'all don't knock it off, man, and stop with y'all – crying. He's like, oh, you guys just want to, you guys, LeBron, uh, KD needs to get slender like LeBron. Shut up. No, he doesn't. Because one, KD didn't quit. He just didn't hit a shot. Like I said, it is what it is. Like I said, I, you're going to get the LeBron apologies that's going to be jumping up and down like throwing the tantrums. But anyway, it is what it is. Moving on to the next series. We got the Atlanta Hawks facing the Philadelphia 76ers in, in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, right now, I mean, this has been a very un- uh, unusual series to say the least. Um, definitely been some back and forth. Uh, teams winning um, <laughs> on the road that wasn't supposed to be, wasn't supposed to win. Um, you got um, first of all, I mean, started off, I mean, start off with Atlanta jumping on Philadelphia during Game One of this series and taking taking away the home court advantage. True, Philly uh, made a made a late late uh, late. Uh, late game surge to try to win the game. However, Atlanta was able to hold off. Philly pretty much um, dominated game two. Then go to Atlanta. They win game three. So at that point, you're thinking, like, okay, Philly's gonna just pretty much just take take control of this series. However, now nah, uh, uh game four. Actually, Philly jumps jumps ahead big time. They they jump up by as much as 16. And they and and they blow the, they blow the game, they blow the they blow another lead, and lose game four. Then in game five, the same thing happened in Philadelphia. Philly jumps out to a big lead. Atlanta comes back and wins the game. And mind you, I listened to uh, to Philadelphia sports talk radio. It was not a good atmosphere. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of people that was just, that that were pretty much. Over with the, um, they were just done with the Sixers, and for the most part, a lot of it had to do with Ben Simmons. I know, I know, Joel and B, he's the team leader. However, I mean, of course, Joel, he's playing, he's playing with the injured, uh, with a with a torn MCL in his knee that he injured during the Washington series. Yeah, I mean, and mind you, and surprisingly, he came out and played game number one had a very good game during game um during the first game of that series. Matter of fact, Joel's been pretty much dominant throughout this series. And like I said, I mean it's just the simple fact of the matter that Joel is not getting the help. Ben Simmons, where are you, bruh? Where are you? I mean you're 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 attacked as this generational talent. And for the most part of this series you have been you've been pretty much invisible. You're scared to go to the rack. You're scared to uh, to take any type of assertiveness on offense, and just sitting there and just you're just being lazy. You're just simply lazy. And nice dunk by Tobias Harris. Oh my gosh! And mind you, this no, I'm sorry. And mind you, this game is on right now as we speak. Game seven, and right now it's fifty. It's fifty-seven seconds left of the third, and Atlanta's up by three. This is a very entertaining series. But anyway, Ben Simmons, like I said. If Philadelphia is gonna have or gonna entertain any thoughts of winning a title, they need something from Ben Simmons. They need some type of scoring because, like I said, Joel and B, he'll only he can only give you so much, so much effort because of that knee. Like I said, Tobias Harris, he's another person that needs to step up because there's like there was a couple games in in this series I know, especially game five, where he was invisible. And honestly, the only reason why this series is at where it's at is because of Shane Milton, and and what and what and and, Ty- and Tyrese Maxey. If it wasn't for those two, this series would have been over. And honestly, I even think that, regardless win or lose in this series, I think Ben Simmons' days in Philadelphia are numbered. I I, I really think they are because honestly, I think Daryl Morey. Doc Rivers, they 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 wanted to give it one shot with with Ben this season, and honestly, I mean Ben, I mean he'll definitely have like though he'll definitely go into a tear, and like I've said this before, Ben Simmons will go on on a tear around All Star around All Star voting, uh, like around that season, just so he can get into the All Star game, and from there. He's, he pretty much after the All Star break and from the rest the rest of the way he kind of just goes back to non-existent. I don't know what it is, I don't know why he 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 won't shoot. I mean I know I know he's been I know he's been pretty pathetic from the foul line, but my gosh, show some type of show some type of life out there to help your team because really the Sixers are playing. I mean they're playing four on five offense because you're not really give you're not poses yourself as a threat and there was a couple times where yeah doc doc has to bench him he has to take him out because the heck of ben, or 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 it's just the fact that matters that they just won't he's not a threat he's not a threat at all and so right now where we are going into the fourth quarter it's 76 71 atlanta and like i said i mean shout out to the hawks um if they're able to pull this series pull the series out this would be only the second time the Hawks have, have been to the Eastern Conference Finals. I believe the last time that they went, and the first time, only time they went was, uh, I believe, 2015 or, I believe it was 2015 or 2016, um, when it was like the Joe Johnson, Jeff T., uh, Al Horford squad, and they met up with LeBron in the conference finals and got swept. So. With that being said, so yeah, so right now, hey, let's see what happens with this, uh, with the with the final quarter of this season for either the Hawks or the Sixers. I mean, who's gonna move on to face the Milwaukee Bucks? And so, with that being said, hey, I'm gonna take a quick break and I'll be right back. Okay, everybody, I'm back and so hey, let's jump right into some NBA news. June 19th, that's one of those weird days in, in around the association where so, so much went on. And hey, let's just start it off. I mean, hey, first of all, I wake up to um, Kawhi Leonard being um, being listed as out with a knee injury, um, and then throughout the day, I'm getting uh, reports that it could be an ACL injury, which would be devastating not only for this playoff run, but for uh, but for next year. Um, I'm definitely hoping that that's not the case. I'm definitely hoping Kawhi can somehow get back for this playoff run because honestly, I mean he was. He was playing very well. He was arguably, along with KD, the best player in this year's playoffs. And so um, that's a big blow to the Clippers. Uh, true, they were able to win uh, this series, but going forward, and if their chances to win a championship, um, I think it's definitely going to hinge on the fact if Kawhi can come back and play. Um, the Clippers they'll definitely need some um, some more consistent play out of Paul George. He cannot go back into to pandemic p he has to ball out every single game in order to give his squad a chance to win it all um the next one hey i got it. more more news was coming on my phone and then maybe like about 30 minutes later we find out cp3 is in a, is in a covid protocol it's like man this dude cannot catch a break whatsoever it always seems like man, whenever like it's the playoffs or something, it is always something it's always something that happens. I mean, just look at when he played in Houston. Um it was, he had an uh he had a hamstring injury, I think during game five of that series, and definitely on the men for game six and game seven, and which eventually caused Houston a shot at going to the finals. So yeah, it, it just seems like it just when everything's going good for Chris Paul it just seems like the rug gets pulled out from him i mean you already saw what happened during the first round series against the lakers where he had that 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 apparent shoulder injury and i still don't know what that was and it seems like now he's playing a lot better and he's recovered from that but um he just yeah it's just chris luck chris paul just has so much bad luck man but um, they don't know when he, um, he can be out of I me. Mean, typically like protocol is, could be around, uh, is about 14 days. However, I mean, I was, um, I, I did see that he was vaccinated. So they did say that if he's vaccinated, it might be a little bit less. Um, they didn't need him. They didn't need him this game and during game one, but I think also, yeah, they, just like, uh, the clip with Kawhi, they have any thoughts of entertaining, uh, of, of winning, the winning a title. Chris Paul must be there. He, uh, Chris Paul must be there because I mean he's arguably like the best field general in the game today. I mean to me, I always said that CP3 reminds me of Isaiah Thomas from uh, not not the little little Isaiah, but Zeke, uh, the Hall of Famer, two-time NBA champion from the Pistons. He definitely he reminds me of him because because he's like a he's 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 a vocal leader to his team. He runs the show. He's not afraid to be, take the big shot or take the game over. Um, but overall, um, yeah, it's going to – they definitely uh, – the Suns, they definitely need him, especially if they're going to advance past the Clippers or play one of these teams in the East. And so also some more – some other news. Uh, we just found – we found out that Kim, uh, that the Boston Celtics, Celtics that trade Kimball Walker – uh, for the six uh to the Oklahoma City Thunder for the sixteenth pick in this year's draft, and um and a twenty five uh twenty twenty five second round selection, um for Al Horford and Moses Brown and a second and a twenty twenty three second round pick, um, I would say Kimba's time in Boston was very underwhelming. I mean, you would really you would think that I mean you're getting an All Star potential guard. To go along with Tatum and Brown, however, he's been injured, been very um, inconsistent with his play, and honestly, I mean, from 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 the reports that are out there, they're saying that his relationship within head coach Brad Stevenson was very it was it was very contentious to say the least. So it's um. We'll see what happens. I mean, hey, I mean, I guess, I guess Boston wanted uh, Al Horford back, but hey, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, only time will tell this uh, and to see who actually won this trade. And so, with that being said, hey, look, let's preview the East, uh, the Western Conference Finals. I mean, we got the Phoenix Suns, who uh, dusted off the L.A. Lakers and knocked off the Nuggets, taking on those L.A. Clippers who beat who have beat Dallas in a hard-fought first-round series, and knocked off the, uh, the uh, surprise, uh, surprisingly knocked off the Utah jazz in six. They're going at it for a chance to advance to the NBA finals. Um, The the series starts in, um, in Phoenix with Phoenix having the home court advantage. Um, Overall, I mean, I think this is going to be a very entertaining series. I just wish that Kawhi Leonard and CP three were both playing because I mean, you definitely want them both teams to be at full strength. Now, I mean, I believe CP3 should be back before the end of this series. However, right now we're we're definitely uh, we're definitely uh there's definitely some uncertainty in terms of Kawhi. I mean, uh, from what I read, he's not tra- he um uh, didn't travel with the team during um for the first two games and it uh, looks like they're going to reevaluate him and possibly see if he'll he'll be ready for games 3 or 4 of this series. Um right now I mean if you ask me now I really don't think that I really don't think he'll play in this series. I mean it kind of sucks. I mean I you definitely would love for, to see him on this level because I me mean, especially what you saw him do in the past with Toronto and San Antonio. But overall um it's going to be a very entertaining series. Both teams like to run, they both teams like to shoot the three. Uh the Clippers they they they're a little bit um they're a little bit more defensive minded than the Suns. However, as you you've seen throughout this series, I mean the Suns they can get after it a little bit. They're a scra- they're a scrappy bunch. Um, I'm definitely loving what um, head coach Monty Williams is doing with this squad. Chris Paul's influence has definitely been felt, and I'll definitely talk about Chris uh, Chris Paul, especially with my uh, MVP discussion that i have been talking about in a few moments. But um, overall, I mean right now, uh, especially with the uncertainty of Kawhi Leonard, I would I would. I'm going to predict that the on uh, that the Suns win uh, in six. Uh, I believe this may be one of those home court series where the Suns may win the first two, Clippers may bounce back, win the second two, and pretty much uh, Phoenix close it out when the last two and, and, and moves on to the finals for the first time since 1993. Then moving on to the Eastern Conference finals. And right now, Right now the Sixers and the Hawks there are engaged in a battle right now. Right now the score is 80 to 74, 77 with uh, a little bit more of 8 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh looks like Tobias Harris just scored on a putback and it's like an and one. So it looks like Philly um they're trying to they're trying to pull away. I mean right now I mean Atlanta's kind of gone a little bit cold right now. 7:46 to go and right now this is a big possession for the atlanta hawks um they definitely need to they they need they need a nice little but you know what i mean right now they're they're keeping it close and that's the main thing though they may they just need to keep it close i don't know if they're gonna go to hack a bin, but right now where they are and good foul and right now trey young's ready to go to the line so right now i mean it this this series has, has been very entertaining, and I know a lot of people thought that this Hawks series was going to be maybe a four- or five-game series win by Philly. However, Atlanta, Atlanta's battling them, and shout-out to, uh, to Charles Barkley, who said before the season that he predicted that the Atlanta Hawks would be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I know I laughed at that because I'm thinking, like, man, what do the Hawks have that they can— they can, do, they can do what they're doing. But, however, I mean, they showed a lot from what they did against, in the series against New York. And right now, they're giving the top seed to 76ers all that they can handle. And right now, yeah, it looks like this game is going to go down to the wire. Um, and right now, yeah, I mean, I think, like, I think Milwaukee is just laying back in the weeds and seeing – what matchup is best for them? I think honestly, I know they they match up very well against the Sixers, especially down um uh, down deep. Um, I know the Hawks. I believe the I think the Bucks won the season series two games to one, and I believe the the, the Bucks won the season series against the Sixers three three nil. So oh, big three by Seth Curry. And so right now, this is like I said. I mean, this is these these games are exciting. It's like I said. I mean, these are and and this is what I don't get when a lot of people were saying that the ratings were going to go down, just due to the Lakers not being involved, which I think is beyond dumb. Because like I said, like these young players, they're balling out there. And so like I said, I mean, who I, I believe, however, if Philadelphia wins. I think they beat Milwaukee. I think they beat Milwaukee in 7. If Atlanta wins, I think uh Milwaukee wins in 6. And so those are kind of like my predictions right now, but um uh, we'll see what happens in these next this next 6 minutes left in the in the fourth quarter. So, we're going to move on to some of these NBA awards. Um, I definitely have something to say about all these awards. Um, I do believe that that the voters they they for the most part they got them right. However, there there were like a couple questionable ones from my point of view. And let's start off with the coach of the year. Um, was New York's head coach Tom Thibodeau, former head coach of the Bulls. I mean, I you know me, I got I got major love and respect for Tibbs. However, I think him being in that New York, that New York media, and honestly, I think that had a lot to play with him winning that award. And mind you, this is the first time the Knicks have been to the playoffs since I believe the twenty, uh, the twenty twelve season where they they uh, lost to Miami and LeBron in the first round. That's that's the that New York team was with uh, with Melo, I believe, Baron Davis. And I think Tyson Chandler, if I remember correctly, if so, if I'm wrong, somebody let me know, but eh, I actually love what Monty Williams uh, did with the Suns. I mean, you can also uh, attribute that to the rival of Chris Paul, but I think what Monty Williams did, I mean, he definitely bought a style. He bought some aggressiveness to the team and he bought some, a coach that does have that. That's that was a former player. And so, I just believe, like I said, I I believe he should have gotten the award over Tibbs. However, like I said, I mean, I I got I got major love and respect for Tibbs for what he did with, with the Bulls during that that era. Um, the next um, the next award um, was um, General Manager of the Year that went to James Jones of the Suns. I'm actually fine with that um, with that um, with that award going to him. Uh, like I said, they they built a nice squad. In Phoenix, and especially from where they were just a few a few short years ago, into where they are now, yeah, he definitely deserves the GM of the year, Rookie of the Year. Um, I actually said Lamelo Ball would win it coming into this season. I know that there were some concerns, especially after um, Lamelo broke his um, broke his wrist midway through the season, and honestly, I thought maybe Anthony Edwards from the Minnesota Timberwolves would end up winning. However, he ended up um, being the runner-up and definitely some controversy behind that, especially since Lamelo um missed missed a lot of games. I do know this. I will say this: Lamelo did have the um, the Hornets in the thick of the playoff and the thick of the playoff push before he went out, and he was arguably like the reason why that uh, the Hornets record was what they what, what it was before he went out. So I mean, you know what. It is what it is. I mean, I'm fine with it. Uh, the next award uh, was Most Improved Player of the Year. Uh, that went to Julius Randle um, of the New York Knicks. Also, I think also just him being in that New York metropolitan area and that media outlet, that definitely that definitely didn't hurt him. Um, I think maybe, um, I thought maybe the award should have went to maybe a Jeremy Grant, a Michael Porter Jr., or a Zach Levine, but it is what it is on that one. But I mean, I will say this. I mean, I mean, he did lead the Knicks to the playoffs for the first time, and he was their go-to guy. So I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I I'll definitely I'll concede that. Uh, sixth man of the year. I uh, really don't have a problem with this one. It was Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz. Um, Defensive Player of the Year uh, was Rudy Gobert from the Jazz. Um, he's won it three out of the last four seasons. I know a lot of people, especially back in the Philadelphia market, they were. Uh, lobbying for Ben Simmons and even Ben Simmons even lobby lobby for the award. Honestly, nah, I'm I'm kind of out on Ben Simmons right now. And true, yeah, I mean he he definitely def- like I said, I mean he's a very good defender, uh, definitely good help defender as well as individual defender. However, like I said, it just for some reason it just to me eh, he just doesn't do it for me. I mean I don't know, maybe it's just because of his lack of aggressiveness on offense or I don't know what it is. He just does not give you that vibe of a, like a true leader or, or, or someone that's deserving of that award. But I mean, it is what it is, but Rudy Gobert. Yeah, he definitely, um, he definitely got the award. I mean, he's been the best interior defender over the past uh, four years. And so he's won it again. And so uh, moving on to um, the NBA's most valuable player, uh, that was Nikola uh, Jokic uh, from the Denver Nuggets, who was the first Denver Nuggets player to ever win the award. I know um, Carmelo Anthony was um, – he he's been up in the MVP considerations, especially during his time with the Nuggets. But so I believe that was uh, 2009 where he, I believe he finished third behind Kobe, um, LeBron and Kobe. And so, no, Jokic won the MVP. I, um like I said, he's the first Nugget to win it, and um, he's also the first uh, the first player from Serbia to actually win the award. And he joins Dirk Nowitzki and Yanis Antetokounmpo um, as the only MVP award winners from Europe. So, Yo Jokic uh, Jokic won uh, received ninety one uh, first place votes and earned nine uh, nine hundred seventy one total points from the global panel of a hundred sports writers and broadcasters, along with um, as well as the Kia Most Improved Player Award fan vote, which make which which is only I believe like one or two, and two um, votes, which puts it at 101. So the runner the runner up was uh, Joel Embiid from the 76ers, Steph Curry from the Warriors, Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Milwaukee Bucks, and Chris Paul from the Phoenix Suns. Now me on the other hand, now me on the other hand, um. I would have I would have voted for um, Chris Paul because like I've I've stated this before, what Chris Paul has done reminds me of what Steve Nash has done from when he was with Phoenix, and when he came from Dallas on how how dry, uh, how he helped turn that franchise around and pretty much took them to a sixty plus win season when they were only maybe winning only fifty games. And basically turn them into a title threat. So honestly, I feel that Chris Paul, like wherever he goes, he brings that in that he he brings he brings W's and your team is going to have a chance. I mean, you saw what he did with that bunch in OKC last year when they got into the bubble. I mean, they won a first round playoff series. And yeah, honestly, I think Chris Paul definitely deserved the MVP. If not, he definitely deserved more consideration more votes than what he got so that's my opinion on it like I said me personally I I, I would have voted for CP3 so um with that being said so I'm gonna wrap this thing up so hey I'm your man K Mart. um thank you for listening to another episode of the 310 podcast um if you want to reach out to the show you can hit me up at the 310podcast at com. I want to just thank all my listeners who've been listening uh, with me over the past couple years um I'm definitely coming back I'm definitely we're going to, definitely going to be bringing more content, especially as uh, we move on into these uh, in the conference finals and on to the league finals. And especially with uh, the NFL season getting ready to jump off in a couple months. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be a lot of content. I definitely can't wait to bring that all to you. So, with that being said, I'm your man Kmart. I'll catch you with you later. Peace.